Greetings. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 34 of the Legacy Drawing Board, the podcast journey and experience that wants you to build a stronger, more meaningful legacy by embracing good design principles. I'm your host, Ron Fong. And as with any good host, I need to welcome you because you're giving me of your time. And my welcome includes providing clarity as to the focus of this uh, podcast. I go through basically vision, mission, and purpose to ensure that uh, you know what the roadmap is regarding the format of the podcast. The vision is to have people see themselves and the world through the lens of legacy design and building. The mission is to introduce people into the world design and have them emerge as storytellers. And finally, the purpose. There's a perpetual need for leadership that calls us to edify others through enduring relationships. And that's what this episode will be about. It'll be about the focus of relationships in your legacy and whether those uh, relationships are based on loving kindness. The inspiration for this episode came from Michael Card's uh, book called uh, Hesed and the Mystery of God's Loving Kindness. Hesed is a Hebrew word uh, that doesn't have a direct English translation. But it's something that is uh, uniquely Hebrew, and it's not linguistic. It's spiritual. So many times it's going to be an approximation of what the word means. And that's going to be one of the keys. It's not so much how you define it, but how you act upon it. Uh, Michael Card defines hesed, or loving kindness, as, quote, when the person from whom I have a right to expect nothing gives me everything, end quote. And I want you to think about your relationships with others, what their expectations are and what you deliver to them and what your focus is. What's your priority when you have people in front of you, when you're interacting with people, when you're talking with people? What is the focus? What is your intent? And what's the message that you want to leave with them? Because that's your legacy. It's about your messaging and it's about your storytelling. And how do you inspire other people? And the message of Hesed, many times in the Bible, is that the passages, they're sung in the Bible. And the reason why they're sung is that there's a sympathetic resonance. Something about the word Hesed or what, it's what it conveys is that it's about hearing stories and seeing the acts of Hesed. And again, not so much about the definition, but about its application. And when we talk about sympathetic resonance, you think about singing and you think about how when you sing, it invites others to sing. And then when you have a chorus, how the voices add to each other, how it empowers us, how it grows in terms of its messaging and in terms of its power. And when we share stories of kindness, of loving kindness, it brings tears to our eyes. It tugs at our heart because there's that resonance. And that's the thing about said, is that it encompasses so much. And again, trying to pinpoint to one specific definition, it's not the purpose. It's about the acts. How will you act upon it? Michael Carr talks about eight principal words that approximate said, And the fact is that he 
he he describes it as having this linguistic gravitational pull that imagine has said being in the center and how it's powerful it's sort of its gravitational field is that it draws other words into it because it is so encompassing it's so comprehensive that one word again just simply will not do it justice the eight principal words that michael card talks about are truth mercy slash compassion compassion covenant justice faithfulness goodness favor righteousness that's a lot to try to attribute to one word, but that's the power of hesed or loving kindness, is that it takes on different dimensions, has different nuances. It fills vacuums, it fills emptiness. Going forward, think about your legacy. Think about what you're trying to say in this lifetime. And there's so much space for us to fill, so many opportunities. You think about your work, you think about your home, you think about even your, your recreation time. And throughout that, do you have a theme? Do you have a, unite, uh, a unifying theme of said that when you talk with people, it comes from a heart of loving kindness, that you want to convey those eight principles and you want to have a sympathetic resonance, that you connect with people, that people understand what you're saying and that there's, you establish a bond, you establish a relationship, and that you are going to be there. You're saying to these people, you are important as who you are. You're important in my life. And given that importance, I'm going to treat you with respect. I'm going to be honest with you, the truth. I'm going to have mercy and compassion. And it's a covenant that this is for the long term and that when times get tough, I'm going to stay here with you. Uh, talk about justice, that we're going to do what's right, that we're not going to do what's convenient. The faithfulness, again, that long-term, that enduring aspect of relationships that really have meaning. The goodness, we're going to look for the greater good. We're going to look for the good in people. I'm going to look for the good in you because there is good in you. And if we don't look for the good in people, then what's our message? What's our legacy? And finding favor with people, that we're willing to extend ourselves, that we are putting them first. And you think about that in terms of, again, things I talked about in terms of leadership, where you prioritize the needs of others over your needs. And finally, the righteousness, that there is a moral compass, that there is a right, there's a wrong. You're not going to cut corners. You're not going to shortchange anyone. You're going to give people the full measure of respect in terms of your relationship. Michael Card talks about that to understand said is not to define it, but to do it. Think about your day. What are you doing in terms of building your legacy? Yes, words matter, but actions also matter. Are you backing up your words with actions? What are your deeds? What do you go, what are you willing to do the extra mile for others? And there's a healing power of said. The idea is that in the world, there's many broken relationships, many broken people. And are you taking it upon yourself? More, I shouldn't say necessarily taking it upon yourself, but do you make it a priority? Do you have a clarity of focus that's saying that when I see a person who is having a difficult time, when I see someone who is broken, 
and I'm going to share loving kindness with them because that's what I would want someone to share with me during uh, difficult times. And with Hesed, in terms of it being biblical in origin and coming from the Hebrew, it's really about God's love to man, the relationship, the redemptive value, the fact that you're going to stay with this individual or God's covenant with man through the various covenants. Are you going to apply the same principle, the same template to others, that you're willing to forgive transgressions? You're willing to say that people are not perfect, but yet that doesn't mean that you give up on individuals. And here's an application. Uh, Armando Galarraga, on, he's a baseball pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. On June 2nd, 2010, against uh, the Cleveland Indians, he had a perfect game going. That means that for the first 26 batters, he retired them. No walks, no errors. He was one batter away from baseball immortality. He, for the last batter, I forgot his name, he got him to hit a ground ball to Miguel Cabrera, who's the first baseman. And Armando Galarraga did what a pitcher's supposed to do. He ran to cover first base. It was a close, close play at first, but, you know, he... Galarraga got to throw to, I'm sorry, uh, Cabrera got to throw to Galarraga and the batter was out. However, first base umpire Jim Joyce saw it otherwise. He called the, uh, the, the runner safe. And oh my goodness, you know, it was in Detroit, obviously hometown, everyone's booing. And this is before baseball instituted uh, instant replay. And everyone knew as they saw the replays, oh my goodness, James Joyce made a mistake. Jim Joyce, he made a mistake, and it cost this uh, this pitcher a perfect game. Galarraga, to his credit, kept his focus, his concentration, and retired the next batter. And it's been uh, re- referenced to as the 28-out perfect game. Jim Joyce went to see the replay after the game, and he was sick to his stomach. He realized what he had done, and he was just, he couldn't believe what he had done. He had, he had blown a call. And he was in tears. And to kind of put it in perspective, at least in the world of baseball, or you know what's important in baseball, there have been only 24 perfect games in the 154 years of baseball. It's a bit of a unicorn. And Armando Galarraga, you may have never heard of him as a perhaps a pitcher, and that's because his career record was 26 wins and 34 losses, not exactly Hall of Fame statistics. But here's where he became a Hall of Fame person. In the press conference, obviously, they show the replays in, in slow motion, uh, in without the heat of the moment of making the call right there on the field. It was clear that uh, the batter was out. To Galarraga's credit, he said, well, you know, things happen. We're, we, we're human. We make mistakes. No one's perfect. And that was a, an amazing demonstration of grace and mercy upon Galarraga. The following day, uh, when baseball, you know, uh, the beginning of the game, they introduce or they uh, exchange uh, lineup cards. So Galarraga went out there and he presented the uh, lineup card to home plate umpire Jim Joyce. Jim Joyce was in tears because he had a hard time looking at this man, a man whom he had cost a bit of, you know, baseball immortality. But Galarraga extended his hand 
didn't have a didn't look like he had a mean bone in his body, smiled, patted Jim Joyce gently on the shoulder, and you know, they exchanged pleasantries as to say, Hey, it's a great day for playing baseball. You know, I hope you have a great game, blue and all that. And they actually formed uh, a bit of a I think a lecture circuit, talk about no one's perfect and how to, you know, work in terms of forgiving people. And think about that. So this 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 pitcher, Armando Galarraga, had something taken away from him, something that he had earned, something that would have set him in the history books uh, of baseball, or the record books at least. Yet, in that moment, right after the game, instead of being vengeful, instead of being better, he demonstrated has said to Jim Joyce. It was a mark of his character. He showed that even though he's not a Hall of Fame pitcher, he's a Hall of Fame person. Think about that with your legacy. Think about the times in which someone has wronged you. Think about when somehow things don't quite work out. Uh, let's say at home, your kids break something at, you know, something that's valuable. Or at work when someone was assigned uh, a part of a project forgot about it, or for whatever reason, didn't get it done. At that moment, our instinct is to be angry. Our instinct is that, you know, the, the society, the world tells us that you're going to get your pound of flesh, that heads will roll, that there has to be accountability, and we just can't have that. Or have you now, and when I talked about designing your life, designing your legacy, have you taken the steps to design, has said, loving kindness for these moments? Have you said, grace is important to me? One definition is grace is to give something to someone when they don't deserve it. And mercy is to not give something to someone when they do deserve it, such as punishment. And that's the power of has said. It's all-encompassing. It's going to be in your daily situations. It doesn't have to be something dramatic or it doesn't have to be when you're wrong. But can you see when someone even just has a difficult time? They've not done anything wrong to you. It may not even affect directly impact you. But they're having a tough time. They're broken. And that's a time when you're going to come in and step in, step up, and say to them, I see what's going on right now. You're having a really tough time. We've all been there. How can I help? That is Hesed. Is that going to be your guiding light, your true north in terms of your legacy? Where people will remember you. They'll remember you for your loving kindness. They'll remember you for your tender mercies. They'll remember for you when you have uh, demonstrated grace under pressure. We think about legacies in terms of accomplishments. And we think about people's CVs, we think about their resumes, we think about their list, you know, perhaps they're honored on a wall somewhere or a plaque. And those are those are fine. But in the moment, you know, or when people remember you, how will they speak about you? And we talk about again that sympathetic resonance. Will there be something in their voice that when they tell a story, and again being a storyteller, when they tell a story about you and your legacy, would bring, would bring the hearer 
to a moment where they're going to pause. They're going to reflect. It's going to bring a tear to their eye or it's going to stir something in their heart. And they're going to say, oh my goodness, that's a beautiful story about a beautiful person who did a beautiful act. Thank you for sharing that story because it helps me get through tough days, tough times. And it's going to be an inspiration for me going forward. It's going to remind me that when a person's at a low point, whether it's something that you know directly relates to me or not, I'm going to demonstrate has said because I want that to be part of my legacy. And I want, I pray, I hope that people will take mercy upon me when I do something inadvertently wrong, when I make a mistake, when I cost someone some uh, something. I, I would like that because I would like a second chance. I would like redemption. I would like people to extend themselves, even though I don't deserve it. In your legacy, to provide something to people where perhaps they're not even expecting anything, or our world has become so hard and has become so harsh that we expect, you know what, I'm going to have to take my lashes on this, or they're going to extract their pound of flesh. Or not to necessarily expect it or demand it, but for us to have a hope that when we are in those situations, that we will look towards the aisle, look across the way, make contact with our eyes, and be able to have that sympathetic resonance by saying, yes, I did wrong, and I'll admit it, and I'm having a tough time. Tell me how I could make amends, and if we could do this in a merciful, kind manner, that would really help me. Again, I don't, you know, you could say, I don't expect anything. It just would be nice. And for us to move in that direction of moving and be on something that, oh my goodness, you know, something I never expected, as opposed to saying it's becoming more commonplace. That's just how we treat each other. That's why, uh, that's how we want to write our legacies. That's how we want to write our stories. And that's, you know, going back to, uh, the principles or, or the foundations for this podcast is about the vision. Is you know, do you see the world through legacy design and building? So part of your legacy design is are you designing loving kindness has said into it? And what are you doing towards building it? What exercises? Uh, how are you exercising your preparation? How are you going to meet that moment when it comes? And then have you know, I talked about the mission to have the world, people emerge as storytellers, tell stories of said, tell stories of loving kindness, share that, share that with your children, share that with your coworkers, share that with your neighbors. And the more that we hear about the stories, the more that we connect, the more that we bond, and the more that we have that sympathetic resonance. And the purpose of the podcast a call for leadership and that we edify others through enduring relationships. Leadership, a long way in terms of a leader showing loving kindness, showing mercy, because you're in charge, you're in power, you have position, and you can make people's lives miserable. And so many times we, we all know that, that that resonates with us. How many of us have had really bad experiences with perhaps in the home or at work? Yet, how many times do we remember fondly 
the individual who was our boss, who supervises, who looked out for us, who was willing to work with us when we did uh, make a mistake. Reminds me of that saying that goes around, is that no one ever quits a bad job, they quit a bad boss. It might be the time when a boss really extracted their pound of flesh. So leadership, about edifying each other. Let's raise each other. Let's build each other up through loving kindness. And it's about the enduring relationship because a relationship will have its peaks and valleys. It'll have its seasons of drought. It'll have its seasons of plenty. But there are times when we can't get to those seasons of plenty unless we go through those seasons of droughts, those desert moments. And that's where the leadership comes in. That's where the leader says, we're in this together for the long term. It's rough right now, but we're going to get through this together. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to cut you off because that's not leadership. And that's not how I want my legacy to be. I'll be known as the person that you have to uh, walk on eggshells around me. You get one, you, you, you know, one strike and you're out. Think about that. Think about how you want to be treated. And therefore, that's how you would like to treat others. So loving kindness. It's, uh, it doesn't mean that you don't, there's no accountability. It doesn't mean that you let people do whatever they want. But it's those, when you have those difficult moments, those difficult conversations in which you have to correct someone, you may even have to discipline someone, but you do it in a manner that doesn't destroy them. You do it in a, a manner that brings them back to you, brings them back and restores a relationship. It's so easy to destroy something, but it takes the sense of maturity, the wisdom, and preparation, design, to arrive at that moment. And those moments will arrive in our lives, no two ways about it. When you arrive at those moments, it's going to take a lot of you know discipline on your part to take a deep breath and to say, all right, the next words I'm going to utter, it's going to have a bearing on this person. And it's going, you know, I'm writing my legacy right now. It's my story. So what's the story I want to tell? The story that, is it going to be a story of that I'm a bully? That I rage against people at the slightest provocation? That I'm so entitled that people have to capitulate towards me? Or is a story by saying, this individual is having a really tough time. I've been there. Or uh, if I'm in a situation, this is how I want someone to treat me. So think about this. Think about your legacy. And you're building it right now. You're going to build it with the next conversation you have, whether it's going to be your loved one or your coworker. You're building it right now with every thought, word, and deed. And the thoughts, are you thinking, are you preparing yourselves to think about loving kindness? The words. Is your tone going to be one of acceptance, conciliation, and the fact that it's going to be invitational? It's going to be welcoming, saying, yes, we have this difficult situation, but we're in this together. 
And finally, your deeds. Are you going to live out loving kindness? It's not just a slogan or um, a soundbite. Because you're going to have moments. Maybe not the magnitude of Armando Galarraga. But you're going to have moments before you in which you're going to show your character. You're going to show the world what's really in your heart. You're going to show the world what are your priorities. I hope that you will take the time to prepare for those moments. I hope that you will give a deep thought to saying that uh, it's essential that I have has said that I have loving kindness in my legacy, that I want to have a story of encouragement. I want to have a story of edification. I want to have a story where I built strong relationships with people. And strong relationships doesn't always mean that it's smooth sailing. In fact, there are times when adversity, trials, tribulations will help strengthen us because that's how you build character. That saying, right? No pressure, no diamonds. Who, what's important to you? What's the message that you want to convey to others? What's the message or how do you want people to talk about you when you're not around? And when they tell stories about you, is it going to generate that sympathetic resonance? Thank you for your time. That's the most one of the most valuable commodity. And I want to make sure I'm a good steward of that. I always ask for guidance and feedback to help me in terms of this podcast. And it, it is a journey experience for me as well. My email is rfong at truenorthshepherding.com. Please send me your thoughts, your comments, your critiques. And as you're going forward and thinking about your legacy, and you, if this resonates with you, if this is interesting to you about building your legacy through design, or you're looking for mentorship, um, please, I invite you to visit my website, which is truenorthshepherding.com, and contact me for a complimentary session of how we can work together to build the legacy that you want. And this spans uh, things such as leadership, uh, career advisement, mentorship, uh, personal growth, all those things. Again, I invite you to uh, go to my website, truenorthshepherding.com. The next step I'm going to talk about is white space. And that's a concept that is very common in uh, design. It's So how does that apply to legacy building? Well, white space to me in terms of legacy building is what you say and do is framed by what you don't say and do, and vice versa. Until next time, please give your legacy the time and attention it deserves, because when you do, we all benefit. Mm-hmm.